What's up, everyone? Welcome in to a new week on Locked On Bucks. And we've got a fun show lined up for you today. I had a number of people over the weekend asking me to go a little bit more detail with Hugo Passon. We know the Bucks uh, still reportedly, it's not official, but reportedly traded for pick 58, picked up Hugo Basson. So I'm going to talk about the Frenchman a little bit. And then I'm going to bring up two free agents that I'm curious about that we haven't brought up. Actually, one's not a free agent yet, could potentially be. Uh, so John Wall and uh, Dante Exum, and you can accuse me of some Aussie bias there, but I think it could be a curious and intriguing option for the Bucks. So let's get started. Exum down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pippen. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday uh, and also find uh, my work over at ESPN. And as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single day. And I have to give you guys a shout out. Uh, the draft episode, and by the way, if you're just finding this video and you haven't checked out the full draft recap video we did, we spoke about Marjan Beauchamp a lot. It was really fun. I think there is a lot of optimism about that pick. That is the one thing that has shone through for me over the last couple of days interacting with you guys on social media and on YouTube. Uh, there is a lot of excitement uh, for Marjan Beauchamp. And I think everyone understands that this is just a very likable character uh, to bring into the locker room from all reports and all the stories we've seen. But over 6K views on YouTube on that episode, that has it up there. That's one of our most watched videos uh, yet since we came on YouTube uh, about 10 months ago, I would say, or maybe, yeah, it was a while ago. But yeah, so that's one of our most watched videos and the audio platform, uh, 4 to 5K listens there as well. So we really appreciate it. It's huge. You guys know at this point, I love interacting with you guys. And generally when I do these solo pods, I like to throw some credit your way because certainly Frank and Justin, Camille, myself, we uh, appreciate the interaction. And, and some of the interactions I had over the weekend were around Hugo Besson, the French prospect, 21 years old. And I think the reason why people wanted to hear me talk about it is because I did cover Hugo Besson in the Australian uh, National Basketball League last season. I saw every single minute of Hugo's games. I spoke to him in person a, a number of times. So I've got a fair handle on what his game looks like and why the Bucks maybe have some interest here. So... Uh, just some minor details around what this deal, still reported deal, uh, what it looks like uh, from the Bucks' point of view. So our uh, great friend, Eric Name, reporter at The Athletic, has said that uh, it was just cash that took place. So no you know, future picks or anything like that, which makes sense. So it was pick 58, the last selection in this draft. So cash, we don't know, often find out uh, what that money figure is. But for, for pick 58, I don't think it would be anywhere near the maximum you can pay for a pick, which I believe is around the $6 million mark. So I don't think it's anywhere near that figure, or you certainly wouldn't believe it would be. Uh, probably the interesting note, again, this is Eric that's uh, reported this, is that the Bucks 
at this point in time, plan to use him as a draft and stash prospect, which you know, essentially means he'll play overseas somewhere, not take up a roster spot here, which that does make a little bit of sense. We've spoken about the fact that the Bucks, you know, kind of surprisingly, they're not really actually going to have a lot of roster spots there. But it is intriguing that they would buy into the draft just to stash a guy because it does give you some indication that they believe, even if Hugo Basson right now is not ready for the NBA, and I would tend to say that could possibly be the truth. We'll get into his game in just a little bit. They must like him. They, there must be something about Hugo Basson that the Bucks identified. Uh, let's get this guy and secure his draft rights before he becomes a guy that plays summer league with another team, which I'm certain he would, because across the board, this was a guy that was mocked in the late thirties in the early forties. I believe Jonathan Gavoni, our guy at ESPN had him at 41 heading into the draft. So for him to slip to 58 is a significant fall. But rather than the bucks, just letting him go to any team in the summer league, they said, no, no, we're going to get his rights. You'll probably play for the bucks in summer league. If this deal goes through, I assume that will be the case. And then he'll play professionally overseas but it is a little bit different to what the bucks have done in recent years because if you well if you think the last two drafts this is actually the third draft in a row uh, they've had the last pick last year they traded back from 31 got the two second round picks and drafted mamu who became a two-way player then yorgos uh, kalatsakis who in the end they cut pretty quickly and i think when we saw that the bucks drafted yorgos most people said is this just a favor for the uh for the agent, do the Bucks believe that he's actually a guy that can play? He ended up getting a full roster spot and didn't last too long and didn't really look like uh, he was a guy that was you know, going to be able to help the Bucks in any way. And it's obviously a difficult situation with the Bucks contending. The year before that, they did a similar situation where Sam Merrill was the guy that they took with the last pick. And again, I think there was some low-level hope. Oh, this guy's a really great shooter. Could he play? He played a little bit. Uh, but again, ultimately, defensively, probably size-wise, he wasn't a fit. Uh, but those guys were taking up roster spots. And that's why this is really unique with Hugo Besson. The Bucks clearly think that maybe sometime down the road, they're going to be interested in trying to see whether this guy can become something uh, in the Bucks system. And maybe just this season, with the way the roster is going to shape out, they don't believe uh, that he's a guy that they want to start the season uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, they could bring him over. Uh, during the season uh, if, if something happened. But it's just a, it's an interesting sort of twist here that we wondered why they were trade into the draft to pick up uh, Hugo Basson, and, and particularly now if they're going to stash him. So we'll see what happens there. I want to get into his game uh, a little bit more, though, because I know there is some interest there. And quite frankly, let's be honest, a lot of you guys aren't spending your free time uh, watching the NBL, and you probably just get NBL news that you also probably don't read uh, when I'm tweeting about it, uh, doing my work. So I want to get into his game. But uh, the betonline.net odds have dropped in a couple of interesting categories. Rookie of the year, which we'll get to, where Ky- uh, Kevin Durant will play next year and where Kyrie Irving will play as well. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sport- sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's uh, Major League Baseball, which continues to roll on. And we're looking ahead to the NFL as well. That's going to come around very, very quickly here as we almost turn the calendar to July. But let's get to some of these odds. Kevin Durant, uh, his next team 
if it's not the Nets, well, the favorite here by the odds, uh, the Miami Heat, which is, <laughs> uh, I've said, you know, watch the Miami Heat. This is a team that's going to be uh, sticking their noses in every situation to try and get another star. So when we look at the other contenders in the East, Miami is a team to watch. Memphis Grizzlies, interesting at four to one there. The Atlanta Hawks are there, Phoenix Suns. I think if you're a Bucks fan, if Kevin Durant's going elsewhere, send him west, get him out of here. And then Kyrie Irving, the favorites, uh, the two LA teams, Lakers and Clippers there as well. It'll be no surprise to anyone that the Bucks absolutely do not feature in these uh, odds here. And then as far as Rookie of the Year, if you're interested in Marjon Beauchamp, 66 to 1. Uh, makes sense. How many minutes are going to be there uh, for Marjon next season? We hope he can be a role player, but I'm not sure he's going to be featuring enough to figure in the Rookie of the Year contention. But that's betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends, the action, and all those lines, including what I've spoken about and more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so Hugo Besson, let's get into this uh, in a bit more detail. So he, he has just turned 21 years old, so he's, he's a little bit older. He had a couple of years there where he played so a very, very, very small minutes pro basketball, uh, men's basketball over in France. In fact... It was only a total of 84 minutes across the two prior seasons to 2021-22. So not really noteworthy. So this was essentially his first professional season when he decided to come overseas and play for the New Zealand Breakers. So the New Zealand Breakers are a team in the in the Australian League. And uh, they've had some success now uh, with having guys playing their system and then go to the NBA. So RJ Hampton picked 24 a couple of seasons ago. And then this year... Uh, obviously, Hugo at pick 58, but also Usman Jiang, uh, pick number 11, went to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, you know, recently, uh, there is a track record uh, there for those guys. So across the season, Hugo Besson, 14 points, four rebounds, 2.5 assists per game across 27 minutes. So essentially, in your first professional season, 14 points a game is nice. I had a number of people point out his shooting splits. And that's why I want to go into this a little bit here because, yes, he was 39% from the field, 31% from three. Uh, that's on 6.3 three-point attempts per game. So he was letting it fly. There's no doubt about that. And I I tweeted that Hugo Besson uh, is a genuine bucket. And I had a few people say, you know, 39% from the field. Yeah, he must be a real bucket. Well, th- let's go into the situation with this New Zealand team uh, a little bit here. So uh, despite playing for New Zealand, he never actually got to New Zealand because of COVID restrictions. So the entire New Zealand Breakers team was based in Melbourne, in Australia. And it, it was just, a, a to put it politely, it was just a mess. It was a mess of a team throughout the season. The veterans, imports, players that they had, uh, had extensive injuries to start the season. There was a major COVID outbreak to start the season. And in the NBL, there's only 28 games. So they got off to a disastrous start. They were 0-6 to start the season. They finished... Uh, on the bottom of the standings uh, towards the end of the year that imports leave during the season because I guess they weren't happy with the situation. It was really difficult for them to play every single game on the road. And essentially what happened is Hugo Vasson, despite the fact he was a essentially a rookie as a professional, a young developing prospect that needed time to figure out how to play in this new league, living away from home, English not his first language, a number of barriers there. And he was all of a sudden from very early in this season, he was the guy that 
every defense keyed in on. He was the guy that they knew that they had to stop just to simply beat New Zealand. So he was seeing difficult coverages. He was playing against the better defensive guards uh, on the opposition. And, and that's why I think when you look at some of the games that he had through the season, I walked away so impressed with what he was able to do because of the circumstance. And I think if you just look at the numbers, you don't have the context of how difficult and disjointed this season was for the New Zealand Breakers. And it was interesting the way he started. And I, I told this story uh, the other day. So if you've heard this, just bear with me for a little bit. But uh, so Hugo was one of the guys that had COVID at the start of the season. And he lost around eight, nine, 10 kilos in two weeks. I mean, he was really, really knocked around by it. And despite that, he came into the season with basically no practice leading into uh, the season opening games. And across his first four games, he, have, he had 81 points, so averaged over 20 points per game. He was 14 for 30 from the three-point line. Again, as a guy that the opposition knew that they had to stop, and he was getting to the free-throw line as well because he can put the ball on the floor a little bit, so he had around five free-throw attempts per game. So I think after he had such a strong start to the season, things changed a little bit because then teams started scouting for him. They started learning his tendencies and how to slow him down. And I think because of the nature of the roster of the New Zealand Breakers, Hugo Besson had to take on probably more than more than he wanted to, more than he was capable of doing at such a young age and a guy that still needs to get bigger. He's very, he's very slim. He needs to get stronger. So there was struggles. There's no doubt about that. But some of the scoring stretches this guy had uh, were simply incredible. And just looking through some of the numbers, and this is why I think that the Bucks will be looking at Hugo Besson and saying that this is a guy that could potentially contribute uh, down the line. So he averaged 1.18 points per possession on handoffs, which again, a lot of the times he had the ball in his hands. So if you look at his most frequent plays on the season, they came in isolation situations when he's just like, okay, well, I'm going to get my own shot off, which by the way, he can do to a high level, but he's young, he's streaky. And at times that didn't work. The other situations were as a pick and roll ball handler and he can get downhill a little bit. He can facilitate, but I don't think that he ever projects to being a starting point guard. He is more of a guy that in an ideal situation where he doesn't need to be the featured scorer, he is a guy that's coming off those handoffs and knocking down those threes or getting around the screen, then coming downhill uh, and getting to the rack or making a, a drop-off pass. So he really can do it all in terms of uh, the ways that he can score, the variety of ways that he scores. He's got a nice flow to game. He can actually get to the rim. Uh, he, he obviously can knock down the three. Um, and I think... If, if you're the Bucks, I have to assume that the reason why they believe this guy can translate eventually, maybe, with a bit of luck, it's, a, it's as pick 58, it's a low percentage chance. Frank, if he's listening to this, will be saying there's no chance that this is going to work out, and I totally get it. But I absolutely understand why the Bucks, if they're looking at the situation that Hugo Besson was in in New Zealand and actually looking at the individual skill set of this guy as a guy that can handle the ball, that can pass, that can shoot the three, can do it all, it's not a surprise to me that A, originally he was he was mocked around the, the high 30s to low 40s, and B, that the Bucks said, okay, if he's not going to get taken, let's get this guy's rights and let's see what he can do with another year, probably with a different team in a different system. And because I think defensively is where he does need to improve. And he's, he admits that, by the way. I caught up with him uh, only a, a month or two ago before he, he went to the US to, to start preparing for the draft. And and when I asked him, what is it that you need to get better at? He goes, well, I'm, I'm still a little bit too small. I need to work on my body. And then secondly, he goes, I just, I need to uh, continue to improve defensively. 
And again, when you talk about the roster turnover that New Zealand had this year, uh, they had extreme defensive troubles. And part of that was that they were a very, very young team for the most part because of those injuries I spoke about with the veterans. So, you know, it's hard to say what he's going to translate to over the next couple of years. But again, the overall package, the overall skill set, uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that a team would want to take a look at Hugo Besson and take a flyer on him. So I hope it I hope it works out for him. I, I said if he does play summer league, there will be moments in summer league games where people will sit back and go, Oh my goodness, this guy is this guy's got some got something because he does. Uh, but whether or not he can improve defensively, whether or not he does get that uh, body, because he's around 6'4". So, he, you know, again, in today's NBA, that's almost undersized, which, again, is crazy to say. So there is a lot that needs to work out for him. But uh, I can tell you from watching this guy night in, night out last season, uh, he was as entertaining as any young player in the league in terms of guys that you would turn on the game simply to watch and see what uh, they could deliver. So uh, hopefully that's a bit more information on Hugo Besson uh, for all you fans, and we'll see. I mean, if he does end up back in Australia, I don't know. There's some rules about draft and stash guys. I'm not sure if he can actually technically get back here, but I hope he does because I want to watch him play. Um, But I would recommend keeping an eye on Hugo Besson wherever he ends around, uh, wherever he heads around the world. Uh, Obviously, the... Bucks fans will have a bit of an interest there because the Bucks clearly do. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone down this path. All right. We're going to talk about two more free agents because the Bucks looking for these parts, looking for ways to fill out this roster to improve on the margins. So two guys that could potentially, or potentially not, but potentially be there uh, for the Bucks to take. I'm going to get into those. Dante Exum and the old veteran, John Wall. But first, speaking of parts if you have a car problem rock auto is the place to go to and potentially you're looking for a spare part for your car and if you go to a car store they've only got one brand one specification it's a pain and then you're paying whatever they want you to pay what else are you going to do well you go to rockauto.com the family business and you'll save time and money you can save up to 30 percent, 50 percent, even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership so here's the example so if you've got a honda odyssey Someone listening to this podcast has a Honda Odyssey. And if you need a fuel pump, go to a chain store, 353 bucks. Go to Rock Auto. There's different options there. You can get one for 216 bucks. That's 137 bucks of saving right there. And let's be honest, with how much everyone's paying for fuel right now, uh, you, you could do with some savings if you have some car problems. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets if you need that. So go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com, right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, we know we know there's always room for a little bit of Aussie bias on this podcast. But I'm going to contest that the suggestion that Dante Exum become a Milwaukee Buck is is potentially just good business and nothing to do with my bias towards my fellow countrymen. But Dante Exum, we know, uh, former pick four going back 
geez, it was a while ago now. It might have been 2016, 2015 even. It was quite a while ago when he was uh, that top five uh, pick at the time. But, you know, the pedigree's there. And he has been a guy that I don't actually like using the, the word bust under any circumstances because I just think there's so many different reasons that things go wrong for young draftees. The draft is difficult. But Dante Exum is certainly someone that I, I don't think it's fair to use that term because, uh, quite honestly, his body has just failed him. And I remember going to a summer league. Uh, this was a long time ago now. This must have been 2018 summer league, and he just signed the new contract. He had a, a three-year, I think, $32 million deal with the Utah Jazz, despite the fact that he'd come off some serious, serious injuries, an ACL that he suffered playing for Australia, actually, which was very unfortunate. Then he, he needed a shoulder reconstruction, I believe. He had a, a major shoulder injury that took him out for a season as well. And I was sitting at Summer League next to a scout from the Utah Jazz, and I asked him, I said, this is, seems like a, a big deal for a guy that just hasn't been able to play. And he said that even to, to that point, he was like, I'm telling you, the Jazz love him. I love him. I, when we scouted him, we said this is a player for the future because of what he can do defensively. Uh, and we think that he translates to the way the NBA is played right now. And I think for the Bucks. If you look at the roster, if you look at guys that can defend in the postseason, that's essentially what you're looking for. And we think that's why they like the guy like Marjan Bochamp that maybe has some question marks offensively, um, but defensively, you're hoping that that translates in his rookie season. Who knows? But moving forward. But Dante Exum is a guy that it's a big question because he hasn't been able to do it for a long, long time. But if an NBA team gets this guy and... He's able to stay healthy. He is a playable guy in any series in the playoffs. And I, I think about you know someone like Gary Payton, who played a major role for the Golden State Warriors. And he's still a flawed player when you think about offensively, the shot, a few other things. But the reason he was able to play is because he can defend He's versatile. He was defend even though he's undersized, he was able to defend guys like Jason Tatum and Dante Exum. We have seen it and we saw it in the Olympics, where he was essentially the guy that the the boomers, the Australian national team, would say, We're playing Team USA, Dante, you're guarding Kevin Durant. And of course, there was times where Kevin Durant was just Kevin Durant and he was too good. But for the most part, Dante Exum really held up. And I was a little surprised that he didn't get an NBA deal straight away, but he ended up signing with Barcelona in Europe, had a really nice stint with those guys uh, doing the same sort of stuff defensively and then offensively he is a, a threat in transition and he is a guy that's happy to be that role player and i think for guards coming off the bench for what should be a reasonable cost i just think that dante exum is going to be an excellent signing for someone that gets him if he decides to come back to the nba now i heard going back a few months ago there was NBA interest in Dante Exum. And he decided, that, look, he's had such a rough run of it that he was in a, a nice spot in Barcelona. He had a role on a team that was really, really good. And he decided that he just wanted to play at the season and then now he can reassess. So I don't even know if he wants to come back to the NBA. But I have to assume that there's going to be deals there again because there was certainly interest a couple of months ago and he did himself no harm at all with the way that he played with Barcelona. So in addition to the defensive stuff, which he's always had, and he's actually had some decent playoff games in his past with the Utah Jazz. If you include the Olympics 
and Barcelona, and it's a very, very, very low volume. So take it with a grain of salt. But the Olympics and Barcelona, 47 games total. Uh, he was up around 50% from three. Now it was only 30 for 59. So again, a tiny, tiny sample size. I'm not trying to say that he's a 40 plus percent three-point shooter because he probably isn't. But when you talk about the shots that he's going to have to take in this offense, whether it's transition layups, being able to actually work in a pick and roll, shoot an open corner three, he's fine. He's very capable. I mean, he's he's, he's a good basketball player. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. And actually, I, I've seen this a few times from Bucks fans on Twitter, and every time it makes me crack up laughing. When people are talking about potential free agent targets or you know, guys that could join the roster, and they're like, look, he can't really shoot. But then again, no one on the Bucks can shoot anyway, so what does it matter? And I have to laugh every single time because, A, I mean, it is painfully true. Um, but, B, uh, you know, even someone like PJ Tucker, let's be honest, you're talking about someone that's as limited as any you know, rotation guy that's going to play major minutes in the NBA right now in terms of what he can do offensively. But he can work because of the defensive stuff. So uh, if you're talking about depth at the guard position, again, we've spoken about it. The options last year were George Hill and Javon Carter. I think at this point, you know, Dante Exum is probably a better player than both of those guys. The question mark is, can he just stay healthy? So I have to believe that if he comes back to the NBA, he would be a guy that certainly, I, I doubt he would command more than that that taxpayer MLE figure that we're talking about. I, I don't even know if he would get that much. Probably not. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. And if I'm the Bucks, again, I think they had interest in the past. Uh, they might be making a call. So Dante Exum is one guy uh, to watch. And you know, just the other guy, just this is more of a heat check for fans because I know when you have players that are former big names, people can always talk themselves into it. So John Wall, it does feel like John Wall is going to get bought out by the Rockets. Then I assume that he'll end up, you know, in the Lakers. That's that would be my assumption. So I don't even want to get into this too much. It's just a name that I'm throwing up against the wall. To hear how annoyed, and I don't even know if I'm, I, I don't even know if I'd be interested. But you know, we've spoken about TJ Warren as a guy that hasn't played a lot in the last few years, but he's intriguing, a little bit more size. But you know, if you are talking about a position of need, the guard spot is a position of need. If John Wall turned around to you and said, "All right, uh, Mike Budenholzer, John Horst, I've had a rough few years. I haven't played more than forty-one games in a season since 2017." I just want to play basketball. I want to play a role and I want to win. I've never really been on a winner. A couple of playoff runs with the Washington Wizards. John, if you fork out the 6.3 tax level, uh, tax paying mid-level exception, I'll come play for the Milwaukee Bucks and I'll do whatever the hell you want. Backup point guard, whatever you need, you tell me. If that happened, would you be in or would you be out on John Wall? That's the question I'm leaving with you guys for today's podcast. We're going to be back uh, right through the week and there is plenty to discuss. It's crazy, but the draft's out of the way. Free agency starts towards the back end of this week. So it, it doesn't really slow down. It continues to roll through. And uh, and uh, like I said from the start, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Okay, Hugo Besson, Dante Exum, John Wall.
the three names of today's show. Let me know what you think in the YouTube comments, Twitter, at Kane Pittman. You can get me. Subscribe wherever you're listening. If it's on YouTube, if it's on the audio feed, we really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow.